The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code ROSS. That's code ROSS for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. If you'd like to make your NFL games a little more interesting, you've come to the right place. It's the Even Money Podcast with Ross Tucker and Steve Fezzik. Yeah, Vegas, baby, Vegas. It is the Even Money Podcast presented, of course, by DraftKings Sportsbook. What a week to talk about betting, not only in the NFL, how about a little bit of horse racing as well? The Kentucky Derby was epic. The Preakness will be here before you know it. We've got NBA stuff, Major League Baseball stuff. Steve is still mad about losing all of his USFL bets. We'll get into that momentarily. Please check us out on every social media platform, at Ross Tucker NFL, that's me, or at Ross Tucker Pod. Even have a TikTok now, at Ross Tucker NFL, for those of you that want to win a signed press pass or picture football card this week, just make sure you're following our TikTok, at Ross Tucker NFL. Star of the show is Steve Fezzik, the only two-time winner of the Super Bowl of professional football gambling. It's the Super Contest at the Westgate. Make sure you check him out on social media, at Fezzik Sports, and only at Fezzik Sports. Hello, Steve. How are you, Ross? I am great. You know why I'm great? One of my favorite people in sports media is joining us today. He is Randy Moss. We called the Ivy League games together for a long time. I had so much fun with this guy. Just a gem of a dude. Check him out on social media at Randy underscore Moss underscore TV. Not the receiver. He gets this all the time. The horse racing stud who also has a real affinity for Ivy League campuses. Randy, I miss you, man. How are you? Hey, I'm used to seeing you at Harvard Stadium or the Yale Bowl or Franklin Field. I mean, this is fantastic. The the great thing about working with Ross, there were so many good things about working with Ross. Up until about an hour before kickoff, and then as soon as the game was over, it's all about the food. He taught me a lot about restaurants and where to eat everywhere we went, including the white clam pizza at Don Pepe's in uh, where? In Yale. uh, New Haven, yeah. New Haven, there you go. So what? So this is funny, Steve. You'll appreciate this, Randy. Other than food, what was the only other thing I I talked about a lot? Pennsylvania high school football. 
<laughs> Absolutely. By the way, by the way, just as an aside, you know, when certain teams play like in Pittsburgh, Steve, um, I've heard there was a game in Pittsburgh that people say there's well over a hundred thousand dollars is bet on the game. Like in Pitts Pittsburgh is old school. They bet on high school football. The coal regions, Pennsylvania, they bet on high school football. They they have lines in the paper. It's unbelievable. Now you know you can't do it legally, but it's uh, it's pretty unbelievable. Speaking, Randy, of unbelievable, you were the first person I thought of on Saturday as I'm watching the Kentucky Derby with my daughters and my wife. And full disclosure, my father-in-law bet on Zandon. So I'm watching was Epicenter and Zandon. I'm thinking, oh, here comes Zandon, here comes Zandon. And then Epicenter started to pull away from Zandon. I was like, oh, no. And then out of nowhere, Rich Strike wins. And I just, I mean, 80 to 1. I guess I got a million questions for you, and I know Steve wants to chime in. But the, the first one is just, how does that happen? Like, how does a 80 to 1 horse win a race like that? Do you just... Did you just not have enough of a sample size regarding that horse, or did the horse just have the day of its life? That's a great point. I, I think both of those are probably accurate, Ross. Th there were two elements uh, in the anatomy of that particular upset. Number one is the pace. The pace was not just fast. It was historically fast for whatever reason in the Kentucky Derby this year. And we haven't been seeing that in recent years, but it was completely out of control fast to where the top half of the field during the first part of the race all finished at the back and the horses that were at the rear in the first part of the race all finished at the front. They just swapped places. You couldn't be, it was radioactive. You couldn't be anywhere close to the early pace in that Derby and have any chance to be around at the finish. And this horse, Rich Strike, was anchored well behind the field. In fact, he was 15th at the top of the stretch. He passed 14 horses in the final quarter mile of the Kentucky Derby. And the second part of it is exactly what you said. Not enough of a sample size. Horses are less experienced now coming into the Kentucky Derby than ever before. And whereas even 25 or 30 years ago, the normal improvement that you see from young horses as they as they as they get more and more racing as they see things that they haven't seen before and they get and they get fitter and 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 they get to you know they get in much better shape back in the day you would have already seen that improvement by the time they got to the Kentucky Derby nowadays the trainers the owners the jockeys the rest of us you know, we don't really know a lot of times how good these horses are because they're still on the way up when they run on the first Saturday in May. And that was the case with Rich Strike. So I want to warn you, Randy, Steve is an awesome guy. OK, I really like Steve. The show is very popular. He really does not like horse racing because he thinks it's very difficult to win. So, Steve, I, I don't want to put words in your mouth. Um, I'll allow you to explain to Randy why you hate horse racing, and then we'll see if Randy has a counter. 
Very good. And one thing I do want to mention, see, Randy is paid as as an expert to explain why things happen. Yes. So what's interesting is that he's come out and he's explaining now why an excellent point about the pacing. And I agree completely that you had to be in the back of the pack to win this race. But there were still eight other horses in the back of the pack that should have gotten it done instead of beating Rich Strike. Uh, the second point, I'm going to completely disagree. You see, you're, Randy's paid to say why an 80 to one when he can't just say it, it's an unpredictable contingent event that won't occur. So now you, you, you can say all you want about all these. We don't know how good these horses are. These ones that, that haven't raced very much had this great variance, but I think it's all bull because I think every other, all the other 80 to one horses the, over the next 30 years are all going to get crushed in the Derby. So I don't think it's predictable, predictive at all. But I do agree that this horse, obviously, we missed the mark with. The reason that I hate sport, uh, horse racing is imagine I'm an analyst and I give out like my best bet on a horse that I absolutely love at 10 to 1. Well, we don't get 10 to 1 because I have a following. And now everyone that bets at 10 to 1 and bets substantially lowers all of our payouts. And so almost by definition, no one can win because as soon as you get it, you're already playing into a 20% house big and now on top of it we're getting reduced payouts because of the paramutual now the way you can well, there's two ways and certainly people win and they win big they get big rebates 10 percent plus if they're big betters and that absolutely is a vehicle for success but most people can't do that and the second way people win is they bet in horse matchups and so horse matchups have the normal sports betting big where they match up messier against um, right. epicenter and the like. And certainly that's a very viable way to win. I, I would go as far as to say it's actually probably easy to win in, in, in that you take try to take a horse with a really cool name like Messier. That's a horse to bet against in general. <laughs> but um, but what but what's interesting is I always hear the, the horse analysts say, and Randy, what you said just completely contradicts what other people say that, well, Yes, there's a 20% household, but you can just basically eliminate a few horses that have no chance of winning. Well, I think the Kentucky Derby invalidated that argument very nicely. What's interesting is my son asked me who won in the Derby, and I said, every analyst lost. And he said, how is that possible? <laughs> and I said, well, there's 20 horses in the Derby. This was as of Thursday and Friday. All the analysts made their picks, and I said, and the number 21 horse won. It was beyond difficult. Okay, I think you make I think you make some some very valid points. First of all, let me try to address them quickly. Th these are animals, and occasionally you get results, even in the Kentucky Derby, that defy explanation. Right? Even when you consider pace, even when you consider other factors, and you're right, there were other horses like Mo Donegal back in the back of the pack that on paper should have beaten Rich Strike, but for whatever reason didn't. The horse just inexplicably had sudden improvement and had a great day. The 20% the hold, the 20% average track takeout uh, compared to other sports gambling options and other gambling options is prohibitive. It's very difficult for a professional horse player to beat those odds. And that's something that horse racing has been trying to fix, talking about trying to fix. The takeout needs to be lowered to attract more professional gamblers to horse racing. The paramutual nature of it, where big bets decrease the odds, that's unavoidable. 
in paramutual betting. You don't really get that at the Kentucky Derby unless you're Jim Mackingvale. Mattress Mac just made a $3 million bet for, for the purpose of moving the odds at this Kentucky Derby. There's so much money bet at the Kentucky Derby, that's not really a factor. Your average everyday horse race at a small track, it could be. But some racetracks right now, for example, Monmouth Park in Oceanport, New Jersey, just began an experiment with fixed odds wagering, where they have their bookmakers and they you know, they put up a price just like the European bookmakers do in horse racing. And if you bet early and you get 12 to 1 on a horse, uh, that's your price. It doesn't matter how much is bet paramutually. And you can sometimes get some bargains in that respect. And that's something that I hope will catch on in thoroughbred racing because it could make a big difference for the reason that you just but, said. But, yeah, it, it's I an unpredictable think, sport for sure. But I don't think it will ever catch on because also horse racing has had black eyes in terms of um, it being up and up. And as soon as you have a situation where some tracks try to go to a fixed odds and the like, you're going to have a situation where there's going to be, let's just say, some very, very unusual performances by certain horses that were lousy for three, four, five races in a row and suddenly run like secretariat. Because if someone knows that they can bet a horse at a fixed odds that um, and their big bets won't impact the odds, all of a sudden there is um, there there is going to be horses that are held back, and there's going to be um, things that are going that people if they can benefit from those fixed odds to the detriment of the books, they will, and they have in the past. Let, from my, it's my understanding. Let, let me let me jump in real quick, and because I think I'm kind of in the middle here. Steve only likes to bet on things he thinks he's going to win, right? So, like, that's where he's coming from. Randy loves horse racing. Like, you love – and I got to tell you, it's funny, Steve, to hear you talk because even with the 20% hold and even with everything else, everybody watches the Derby and everybody bets on the Derby. Maybe not you, Steve, but it doesn't – like. I don't know that I would change the 20% hold. Like, so you want, so explain this to me. You change 20% hold, you get more professional betters who beat you or who might beat you. What's the value in that? Why, why not still get all the people to do the 20% hold and win if you're these books or these places? Because you start out with a million dollars race one. Let's assume we're all going to bet all of our money every race. At the end of the first race, there's 820,000 being wagered. At the end of the third race, now we've got 500,000 left. At the end of the six races, we've got 250,000. But really, Steve, but Steve, races. The, the two reasons you don't like it are paramutuals. You don't really know what you're betting, right? Yes. And even more so than the other sports, because they're animals, there's just greater variance. There's just a greater unknown, right? Uh, actually, I'm fine with the greater variance. They, the, the animals, cockroaches, people. I, you'd be better if you can let me lay a minus a dollar ten on turtle racing. I, I will analyze the turtles for uh, for late in the night. So let me jump in here with something that that is an issue right now in thoroughbred racing, and it, it's something that uh, that longtime horse players talk about, and it's one of the big challenges right now. When you go back to the 1960s, 1970s, when horse racing, boxing, uh, baseball were sort of the national sports, even, even before that, right? Uh, you had what, for lack of a better phrase, would be a lot of dumb money 
that's bet on horse races, okay? Paramutuals, it's me against Ross. It's me against Steve. It's everybody against everybody else. And the more dumb money that you have in the pool, the better it is for the people that do their homework and know exactly what what to do, right? And there was a lot of dumb money back then because there was really, I mean, Vegas wasn't Vegas. Uh, so people weren't, there were no, you know, Indian casinos. There were no casinos on every corner. There were very few lotteries in play around the country. For the most part, if you wanted to bet legally in America, you bet on horse racing. So people just plowed their money in there just because they wanted to gamble and they didn't know a whole lot about the sport, which was great for people who did because paramutual is me against you. Now, a lot of those people have been siphoned off. It takes a lot of homework. It takes a lot of energy to learn about thoroughbred racing. And the attention span of a lot of people in this country is just not that great anymore. People don't even want to pick their own lottery numbers for crying out loud. They go to quick pick instead. So a lot of those people now are playing the slots at casinos. Uh, Horse racing has not done well at all maintaining its share of the gambling market. It's still, there's a ton of money bet on horse racing every year. But a lot of the dumb money is gone. And now, uh, uh, you know, the the majority of the people who are betting on horse racing know what they're doing. And so it's very difficult to find an edge when you're competing against people like that who do just as much homework as you do. That's yeah, one of the that's issues. why you certainly can make the case that the Triple Crown races, if you're going to bet a race because of all the public money and those, that that should be the races that you could indeed find edges, especially you know, and the exactas and the trifectas, et cetera. And another thing the Triple Crown race, especially the Kentucky Derby has in its favor, is the 20-horse field, which, you know, which su- suppresses the amount of money uh, in a ratio that one horse would have over all the other horses. It makes the odds on all the other horses go up. Another issue in American racing right now, the field sizes in the races have gotten smaller and smaller as the horse population has shrunk and as more racetracks are competing against each other. And so when you have a five-horse field and a six-horse field, a seven-horse field, it's hard to overcome that 20% take. It's hard to find good value, especially competing against other people that know what they're doing. All right. So All that being said, Randy, Preakness, um, I guess I don't know if the official odds, they're not out until – the the official fields announced i'm looking at some of the odds right now okay epicenter five to two zandon seven to two rich strike five to one um i know it's early randy what are we 10 days away uh 11 days away from the preakness um is there any place just don't even listen to Steve. If you if you, I know you listen to Steve every week. Just shut Steve off for a second, okay? Because Steve's going to say no. Don't do this. Steve's got his NFL bets coming up, his NBA, USFL. We'll get to that. But is there anywhere, Randy, that you would recommend to people when the official odds come out, or is there anything? Like, I mean, I guess my inclination would be if Rich Strike has the third best odds. I don't know. I guess I'd kind of go. I mean. I just saw that horse blow everybody away. Like, I just saw it can do it, which brings me up with a question. Like, why are we not betting on a rich trick? Like, we just saw what that horse did. It's only two weeks later. Like, why why is five to one not a great bet? Rich strike won't win the Preakness and probably won't won't run one, two, three. 
Uh, the win in the Kentucky Derby was more or less a pace-generated fluke. I mean, he's better than he got credit for. Definitely, he's a better horse than most people thought he was on paper, right? I mean, Ross, you know, you know how much how anal I am about doing prep work. You saw those charts that I came in the boards I came into football games with. I, I go way overboard in in preparing for every little eventuality. I didn't even talk to the people that had Rich Strike. That's the one horse in the Kentucky Derby that I paid absolutely well, hold zero. Hold on, Randy. Randy, I but just look. watched. I just watched three days ago. That looked like the fastest horse I've ever seen. It dusted everybody. What is going to change? Is it going to get fat and lazy over the next two weeks? Like, Ross, you, you are, you are being you the ultimate. It could do that in two weeks. You are being the ultimate square ball here. Listen to Randy. You've got a horse. If you're going to bet Rich Strike, for God's sakes, lose your money on the Belmont. you got a horse, like you said, that looked like he was shot out of a cannon in a super Hold on, Steve. Race. They're horses. The this is they run. Race. They were racing. Okay, when well, I watch right the now. Olympics, I know Usain Bolt's going to win. He's faster. I know right Michael Johnson was going to win. I will win. take Epicenter minus 250 against you. I will lay 250. You want it? 350 to win 100. Rich Strike is faster. I just watched Rich Strike smoke Epicenter. Rich, so Strike, will will Rich Strike is faster. I will lay Rich minus Strike. 250. Minus 250. You want it? <laughs> I texted I texted buddies of mine as soon as the Kentucky Derby was over, and I said, here's what's going to happen. I don't think – maybe Zandon will run in the Preakness. I wouldn't be surprised if they skip the Preakness and wait for the Belmont because I think he's more of a Belmont horse than a Preakness horse. I texted my buddies, and I said, Epicenter will win the Preakness at even money, and in the Belmont Stakes, it'll be a Zandon, Mo Donegal, Exacta because Todd Pletcher's horses always run great in the Belmont. The rich strike finish that you saw, Rich, it was good. It was really good. He got a great trip. He got an unbelievably beneficial pace. And it was a little bit of an optical illusion when you saw him flying by those horses late because even Epicenter and Zandon were struggling the last part of that race because of how fast the race went the first part. They were even a little closer than they should have been during, during the first part of the race. But Epicenter is a better horse than Rich Strike. And chances are, Chances are you're going to see uh, Rich Strike turn back into a pumpkin when the clock uh, when the clock strikes post time for the uh, for the Preakness Stakes. Randy, that was amazing. I'm so glad you came on. So glad to see you. So good to talk with you. And I will be texting you when Rich Strike smokes <laughs> everybody. In the Preakness. Thank hey. you, Randy. All right, Ross. Take care, Steve. Nice to meet you. Take care, guys. Nice to meet you, Randy. Check him out on social media at Randy underscore Moss underscore TV. I got to be honest with you, Steve. I don't, I guess the difference is in track, they have to stay in their lanes because I really don't understand that. Like, I just watched that horse. That horse is faster than the other horses. Like, it's the same reason why Usain Bolt won every year or Michael, they were faster. They were better. I, I, that horse is faster. Anyway, that was awesome. Check out Randy on social. I enjoyed that. You know what else I enjoy? Betting just $5 on any team to win in the NBA and get $150 in free bets if they do. It's that easy. And do it with the, N the official sports betting partner of the NBA, the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. 
Promo code Ross, bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game. Get $150 in free bets if they do. Promo code Ross only at DraftKings Sportsbook. All right, Steve. Um, let's talk NFL. Now, next week, we're going to dive right into the week one lines and see what you think is juicy. But they're doing something different this year where they've got uh, all kinds of games coming out, like by the minute, Steve. They're releasing these games and letting us know, you know, what the Christmas games are, what the international games are. I mean, looking at it, we got a bunch of games. Chargers Chiefs, September 15th on Amazon. That's week two. Uh, Week two, we've got Titans at the Bills and then Vikings at the Eagles on Monday night. Then we've got the international games. My question is, Steve, what are you doing about it? What, what, like, are you already looking at these lines and liking any of them? Are you going to wait till the whole schedule gets out? What's the strategy here? Strategy is to look at the lines and any line that is egregiously wrong, we bet as quickly as possible. We only bet in May. We're still four months away from the season. And we don't tie up our money unless there's something that's really good. And frankly, DraftKings done a really good job on the lines they've put up so far. I haven't identified any lines that are really good. Now, there's some lines that are interesting. One that was very interesting to me, Christmas Day. The Rams are at home. They're hosting Denver. You know, the Rams are better than Denver. But DK only has the Rams minus two and a half. If you wanted to get in front of a line, I think you can lay two and a half with the Rams with an excellent chance that that line probably will go to three. Obviously, depending on injuries and what happens, the line could go to seven in either direction. But right now, I would have made that line three. So minus two and a half on the Rams, probably a good wager. Interesting. Okay. Um, And again, that's your kind of arbitrage where you think the line's going to go. Yes. And the problem is, is that there's so many, there's a hundred other factors that could impact that line between now and Christmas Day. So just based upon what I know right now, I'm pretty confident that that game should be lined at three, not two and a half. Okay. So as these games come out the next couple of days, look at it on DraftKings Sportsbook. Steve and I will go through the week one lines next week, our first look at them. Any other NFL-related lines coming out that, that you like, Steve? You know, just of, of interest was we talked about, you know, the, the – The Eagles, how good are the Eagles? And I think that DraftKings is expecting a lot from them. Week two, the Eagles are hosting the Vikings. Very interesting home field in the NFL. Usually most people are saying two right now. And the Eagles are laying two and a half. Now you mentioned, Ross, it's a Monday night game. So maybe a little more of a home field. But right now, DraftKings is saying your Eagles are as good as the Vikings. So um, that makes the Eagles playoff contender. Well, that sounds about right. I mean, the Eagles made the playoffs last year. They got A.J. Brown. They had a good draft. Vikings didn't make the playoffs last year. That doesn't really surprise me. Does that surprise you? Just be, It surprised me a little just because the Vikings are lined at nine wins. Uh, the Eagles were at eight and a half. But you know what? They've been drifting up. Um, so I think the Eagles are going to close a nine-win team also in season wins. So, no, it doesn't surprise me. NBA playoffs, Steve. I follow you on Twitter at Fezic Sports, so I know you've been killing it 
Why are you killing it? And what do you like right now while we record Tuesday, 1020 a.m. Eastern? Oh, my goodness, Ross. So the USFL, where I should have the bigger edge in football, I'm four and eight. And then the NBA, I'm 19 and five. And so just I'm unbelievable that that um, things are you going to quit the USFL? You hate losing. Why do you keep betting the USFL and losing? Because I very much had the best of it. If I played, if I played twelve, if I played um, twelve poker hands, and I went all in with queens against ace king every time, and went four and eight, would you tell me to stop? The idiot Michigan kicker clangs one off the the, the upright to cost me a game, and the Philadelphia Stars kicker misses an extra point, and I lose a total by half a point. I digress. In the NBA, where I have been red hot, you know, I could only look tonight at Phoenix. I think every, everyone's, everyone is zigging when they should be zagging. Like, oh, the Mavs have played very well. If there's one thing both in the NHL and the NBA that absolutely has worked well, it's being a contrarian better and looking to go in the opposite direction after a result, especially the totals. After a high-scoring game between two teams, a lot of times you're seeing you know, a very low-scoring game and the defense is making adjustments. I think Phoenix makes the adjustments. They're the better team. They're the, when you have a better team that's lost back-to-back games, absolutely that team has a significant advantage in the playoffs. So Phoenix blows out Dallas tonight. Interesting. Any other um, NBA bets? Because they, they, they have – who are the favorites to win – the Eastern and Western Conference right now. Yeah, so right now the Celtics very much um, are the preferred team. If you bet yes, the Celtics to win the East, you get like plus a dollar thirty. Um, the no is like minus a dollar sixty. But the Celtics odds are much um, different than the other three teams. So the Celtics, if you had to pick a team, they're the clear favorite, to, you know, to go. And then big shift in the West. So just um, when the playoffs were starting, Phoenix was pick them to get out of the West. Now it's Golden State against the field. That is a pick em. So they've, the feeling is that Golden State um, has as good a chance as the other three teams combined. And I got to tell you, from, you know, from what I see, um, I know Golden State's odds were, have been cut dramatically, but that team's looking a whole lot like the team that we saw before you know, Durant joined them um, you know, when Curry and company were just um, absolutely rewriting how to win in the NBA. Team's playing very well. I saw the USFL change some rules. I was excited. I thought maybe they listened to our show last week, Steve. No, the USFL has flipped me the bird. So I came out and said that the league is going to fail because there's not enough scoring and they need to implement some CFL rules, back the defense up a yard, put the goalposts on the on, on the uh, goal line, and uh, one, one foot in is a catch. Nope, they changed the rules to lower scoring. So they're having a running clock in the first quarter and the third quarter after incomplete passes. That's going to shorten the games. Depressed scoring. Clearly, their ratings aren't very good on TV, so they're trying to compress the games. Uh, the bottom line, though, is even with those rules changes, there was 37 points on average scored in the games last week. Normally in these leagues, the scoring goes up as the year continues past the first month, and the totals this week are only lined at 35 I think if you played every game over this week, you're going to go two and two or three and one. I can only look at the overs this week. Caveat, I'm four and eight in my USFL bets. And Ross, I swear, I'm 12 and 0 closing line value. I crushed the closing line, but it doesn't matter. The bets haven't won. 
Right, but you'll still do that. As long as you're beating the closing line value, you're going to keep firing. Yes, but part of it, to caveat again, maybe I'm beating the closing line value because I have a following. So I'm giving out a play, and my followers are betting it, and they're moving the line. So maybe I'm the one that's causing the, the perceived value against the closing line that may not be there. But having said that, I doubt my followers are going to bet nearly what they were betting three weeks ago on any releases I give. At Fezzik Sports is how you reach Steve. We didn't get to any email questions today, but we usually do. Hit me up, Ross at RossTucker.com. If you take advantage of one of the sponsors that you see on the sponsor page at RossTucker.com, I guarantee we read and respond to the question. I'm at Ross Tucker NFL. We are at Ross Tucker Pod. You can always check us out on YouTube, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL if you want to watch the show. And remember, if you want to sign picture or press pass or whatever from me, sign up for the TikTok this week at Ross Tucker NFL. Other than that, good luck, everybody. Hope you guys win some money. Thanks for listening to the Even Money Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, the Fantasy Feast, Business of Sports, and the College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.